What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to another brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast, your favorite shit show <laughs> every week for all the gruesome details about some true crime, mostly murder and serial killers. <laughs> I, I hate to call ourselves true crime because, I mean, fuck, you know, there's a lot of stuff that falls under that. That's a real big sweeping umbrella term. Yeah. I mean, that's what we are. I know, but... I, but I we are fucking w- w- weird, sick, sadistic. We have horrible senses of humor. Like, I don't, like, I, I don't know. Part of me worries... Well, not worries. I can't wait to see the review. Hopefully they leave a review. <laughs> where, like, just some regular Midwestern housewife, you know, that doesn't... And trust me, I'm sure we have our Midwestern housewife dreadheads out there. We fucking love you sick bitches and boys, whichever way you go. Um, but... Yeah, like, just to stumble, like, if we ever get to the point where, like, we're ranked high enough to where people would just... Just randomly come across right, us? That, yeah, that be would be weird. Being like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like they're Just gonna, upset yeah, that they listened, to pray, even, like, have to 20 minutes of it. Before they could even leave the bad review, just yeah. for their faith. But, yes, everyone... It's a brand new episode, and on this episode, Joe, we're we are wrapping wrap- it up. We're wrapping up our first ever Black History Month as a podcast, and we've had some awesome episodes. Um, oh man, Mark Godot was the most recent one. We had what Henry Louis Wallace, uh, and then what was it Samuel Little? I know they. Yeah, they, I can Samuel, only I remember the stroke and choke killer because <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" There was newspapers who ran that. Do you not think everyone who read your paper? giggled a shitload when that came oh out. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I kind of hope they don't catch this guy just so I can see them keep printing that shit. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Uh, okay, so I'm, I want to preface this episode. So I, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the name of, why are these called the Zebra Murders? Okay, so we're going to get into that because <laughs> I know I did these notes. And by the way, Dreadheads, just so you know, I've been, on, I've been a note fiend yes the past few days and we y'all actually, he has saved our ass so much we, by doing all these fucking notes like if he had if we had relied on me y'all would not have a single episode this month not well, a damn chance well i appreciate it but <laughs> i was letting them know we actually have three of the next four episodes oh, yeah. are already scripted up and everything yep. and are ready to go so you guys i mean barring some sort of physical problem on our end mm-hmm. there shouldn't be any reason why we skip a beat for at least the, the month of march too yeah uh, it's looking yeah. like so we're, we're that's it's one of our goals. something wonky with schedule with like scheduling and needing to record doesn't happen because that's happened too i'm just saying it's Right, um, but know, I'm letting them know yeah. that that's our amb- We're really trying to not have to yeah, skip exactly. any weeks this yeah. year. This is going to yeah. be our actual, our first full year as a podcast. We know. started, what was it, April or May of last May. year? It's like May 20th something. Right, so we want to we wanted do better. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that we need to be doing, because we have, we have no promo swaps to get to, um, we no shout outs or anything like that. Everyone who, uh, who had left the five star reviews for the free stickers, your stickers are officially in the mail. I believe we're put in the mail yes. Saturday or Sunday. We're recording this mm-hmm. to, on a Tuesday. So you should be getting them. If you get them, make sure to let us know. And we hope you enjoy those. But for anyone who is new or old here to this podcast, Joe, let's do like we always do yes. and tell them where the number one place is for them to connect with us. Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. What all are they going to find there, Joe? You're going to find direct links to uh, the major podcast streaming platforms as well as, as our social media, Denotion Tears, and our merchandise store. Yep. 
That's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where it is to go right there. And of course, if you ever need to reach out to us via email, that is spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. And as Joe mentioned, there's that's where you can uh, you can donate to us if you'd like to. Uh, the store is the best way to support us because you get some piece of merchandise that makes you into a walking or driving billboard for us. And we get a little bit of money. All of the designs are completely original and done by Joe, so make sure you're checking that out. But there is one way to get a free piece of merchandise from us, and that is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or on Spotify. Yes, Spotify has put the ability to a review podcast. You yeah. can't leave a review. About fucking time, you right? Can only, you can only go up to five stars. But if you do it on Apple or Spotify, send us a screenshot of that shit to our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Gmail, along with your mailing address, and we're going to send you out a couple of five-star super spreaders, spread the dread podcast stickers for free. So definitely make sure that uh, you, you guys, again, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. There's even a player there with all the episodes uh, that'll work on any device that you pull the website up on. You don't even have to install an app or anything nope. if you want to do it that way, too. So uh, that's it. Yep, that's it, dude. That is it. <laughs> and again, if you guys remember, if you want to do a promo swap with us, hit us up. And of course, leave those reviews. Give us some good stuff to uh, talk about, and we'll shout you guys out on the very next episode. But without further ado, let's wrap up Black History Month in epic fashion, Joe, where we're going to talk about the zoo murders. Zoo murders? I did say zoo. (laughs) Zebra murders. And you know, the funny thing is, when I was writing these notes, I spelt zoo a lot. Because I, oh as all of you, God. I'm sure, have seen by now, yeah, it's called But Z- no, there's a big zoo in San Francisco, though, too, so I could see where you would kind of mess that up. That's called Haight-Ashbury, Joe, and that's just where hippies hang out. <laughs> yeah, they roam free. It's I a little dangerous the now there. You might step zoo in some poop like, well needles, known. but it's there. But yes, we are doing this episode on the zebra murders, and those were perpetrated by the Death Angels of San Francisco. So, Joe, we're going to start this episode off like we always do by kicking it over to the bio, but this one's a little different because there's actually, I mean, now you'll see from the picture, there are four, there were four men involved in this. Mm. So, technically, we kind of have like five bios on this because you also see the other portion of this episode, the Death Angels of San Francisco. That is because of the bio that I'm going to have Joe give to you right now. Joe, talk, introduce everyone to what the Death Angels actually are. Okay, so they were actually a splinter group of the Nation of Islam and were super active in the 70s. They created thousands of years um, prior. They were, yeah, they were created. Yeah, they were created. That you know, yeah, thousands of years prior by a black leader and scientist named Yakub. Yeah, I think it's it's probably a, a weird spelling or indigenous spelling, wherever he was from, of Jacob, I would imagine. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, Yakub. So Yakub's heavily anti-white ideology uh, actually caused a, a pretty big divide in mm-hmm. the nation of Islam. Um, it's actually kind of, um, if you remember, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic movie with Denzel, but... Uh, that was where he was kind of uh, he kind of diverged away um, from, and I'm to be honest, I'm not sure how much of it is really t- 
talked about in depth in Malcolm X, but that was one of the things that was kind of a dividing thing with Malcolm X and the nation of Islam, not with his religion because he was Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also the, 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 the death angels, not group, but the kind of the teachings, the teachings of Yakub is what current, uh, I think he's the leader of it or whatever, but current head of the nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, mm. that's what he believes in and teaches. And I'm not here to talk race and shit like that. But if you've ever listened to Farrakhan, he's got several different uh, well, they said it was an anti-white ideology. So, oh, very much I mean, so. I, see, I just, I honestly, but I have, Farrakhan, I don't Farrakhan know much Farrakhan about any of this shit. I am so dumb to this. Yeah, subject. Farrakhan doesn't dig Jews either, though. So, you know, and, and they they come in a variety of colors. So, yeah, huh? you know, it it is what it is. Again, you know, I'm I don't give a shit what you believe, but uh, whatever your sky you just wanted is, to kind of just don't fucking hurt people. That's all. <laughs> um, but but yes. the, the weird thing, though, Joe, it, it technically. And we may have slip up Freudian stuff. I don't believe I put it in the notes at all, but technically people consider the Death Angels to kind of be like a cult sect of the Nation of Islam. Hmm. Um, again, even though, like I said, you know, Louis Farrakhan believes Yakub's teachings, so does the Death Angels, but it, it would be almost like comparing it to like Christian extremists or like Islamic terrorists. Stuff like that, where like they they have the same book, they have the same belief, but some of them are taking it way too far. So that's what the Death Angels were in this club cult or whatever you want to call it, Joe. Members could earn quote wings by and this was the rules here by either killing four white children, five white women, or nine white men. Now, what they would actually do. Uh, I where I, they may have had multiple ones, but uh, like little headquarters or meeting areas or whatever. I don't think so. From what I could find about the Death Angels, it was very much local to the San Francisco area where all this shit took place. Mm, okay. Um, but it, so it per- wasn't like na- nationally rampant as far as like this belief system of not, activity. Not from what I. So not they're from not like I, as organized like the KKK was back in the day. Because, oh, I mean, that, this no, is like, I, I, I don't know, this to me, what you've described to me up until this moment, I'm just like, okay, well, outside of like a reward system, I mean, we're just flipping colors and years, you know what I mean? I, I mean, you, you could say that. I don't know. I really don't know how far wide it was spread. It didn't seem, it seems like something that's kind of been around. I know that it was around prior to the 70s, but the 70s was when it really kind of blew yeah, up in that area. Back. Because it said thousands of years well, no, ago. Thou- the, that, about- the thousands of years was the teachings that the death angels, and, and again, that the teachings of Yakub kind of split apart the nation of Islam because you had him that was a lot more race-based and was a lot more uh, calling for violence and things of that nature. So it, he, Yakub, to the best of my research, was not the founder of the death angels. Okay. He was he was the religious scholar that well, they this based a, their beliefs off of. Okay, that's what's that, okay. That's what I'm getting confused at because like where it says created thousands of years prior by a black leader and a scientist named Yakub, and then it says Yakub, you know, was heavily anti-white ideologies. What d- created that divide in the nation of Islam? So you're saying that this scientist eventually just kind of brought it back up. What Yakub? Yeah. No, he he kind of was the one who started 
that that mindset or that interpretation of I don't know if the nation of Islam only has Qurans. I don't know. I don't know if they're kind of like a Jehovah's Witness where they have the main book, but then they also have their own. I don't know. Okay. Um, but no, Yakub was the one who just kind of came up with that belief system and the and the, the the talks of violence committed and stuff like that, where even though you have someone like Farrakhan again who believes those teachings. Farrakhan, to the best of my knowledge, teaches mostly like almost like a pro segregation, like don't mingle with whites, don't mingle with Jews, that kind of thing, more so than like calling to kill them. Okay, yeah. Where the Death Angels took it right to fucking murder. Gotcha. Okay, so, so sorry but, guys. I just, I kind of, I need my fine, clarification. You're fine if you, if you were confused. We know at least one or two of them by name out there that were confused <laughs> as well. Shush. So it's completely fine. Uh, but yeah. Uh, According to witnesses that actually been inside of like their headquarters, clubhouse, whatever you want to call it, uh, in October of 73, what they did was they would they would take pictures of all their members. They'd be up on like a bulletin board. If any of the members earned their wings, like we said earlier, by killing four white children, five white women or nine white men, they would draw a set of angel wings on their picture and it'd be on the board. And that would be a sign to everyone there without actually stating it that, hey, they actually did this shit. And according to some of the witnesses that saw inside the place, more than 15 members as of October 1973 had images that had the wings up there. That's nuts. No no idea how true it was or, or any of that other stuff. Again, that's just what they said. And, you know, that was, again, as we'll get into it, there were more murders that kind of fit this bill going on in the area. So who knows? Oh, like the overlapping shit that happens sometimes. Well, not necessarily overlapping, but was going on really before it caught the cops' attention. And then, you know, it's kind of one of them hindsight things oh, where okay. now okay. You, you can't link So you're talking a- about like more like our Charlotte case, then we're talking more or talking less about like the Phoenix Tempe case where right, but that it- was just <laughs> massive oversight. Well, yeah. And that was what? Henry Lewis Wallace? Yeah. I or, remember yeah. there was two, uh, there was another serial killer that was going on in the same, same time and era. I forgot the name of the other killers, but it was a set of two killers. It was like random shootings in the no, same. No, 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 no. That was during Mark Godot. That wasn't. That was during Mark Godot, where the the baseline killer. That there was we go. We did last week. I'm check, sorry. check that one out. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. This was. But again, this was all taking place in the 70s. So you didn't have all the forensics and stuff going on. And then you're talking about killings that took place earlier than the zebra murders. And they're looking back in hindsight, and being like, "Man, it that would make a lot of sense." That, that fits their M.O. entirely probably is them, but we have nothing to pin it on them, and they're already in jail. Yeah. You know, you know but it is what it is. So that's, that's kind of the breakdown of the Death Angels. Um, so now, Joe, let's actually get into the bio for the actual four men, the quartet that are known as the, the Zebra Murders. So our first guy, Manuel Leonard Moore, 29 at the time of his arrest for the zebra killings. He was born in Southern California and raised in San Bernardino County. Um, he was in trouble for petty thefts from uh, his early teens and either was expelled or suspended from schools on a regular basis. Um, despite having a speech impediment, uh, he was able to reach 10th grade. I love how they mentioned that. Like, the speech impediment. Is what kept him from going to school. Yet, the bullies that probably picked on him was probably the reason why he didn't make it through school. What what in all the petty thefts? 
or the, all the expulsions and suspensions. I know. No, dude had a stutter. <laughs> and the speech programs back then were not having any of it. <laughs> like, I feel like back then speech therapy was they sent you to a guidance counselor and told you, like, 10th grade. They did scare therapy on you? 10th grade, <laughs> 10th grade at best. All right. How do you like sweat? What do you think about steel mills? When you drive by one, do you say, hey, I'd like to be inside of that place? Does that ever occur to you? You know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so despite that, he was able to reach 10th grade. Yes, um, you know, he was regularly beaten by his father and eventually ran away from home because of this. That's going to solve everything. Yeah, we got some great parenting. In California. Great parenting going on. Okay, so uh, obviously, you know, ran away uh, from home at a young age. Obviously, he's going to end up with a long rap sheet. His rap sheet actually consisted of robbery. Battery, burglary, rape, drug possession, and other minor violations. Um, he ended up in San Quentin for second-degree burglary, was paroled after two years and three months. He was jailed once more for burglary, like, oh my god, a little over a year yeah, after right. his fucking release at yeah. 13 months. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing is, he was jailed then, so he didn't wait until then to start. <laughs> like, you I know, know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't get caught first time either. I'm gonna give this motherfucker, like, six months where he was clean. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like, he just had to burgle. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> so during this uh, one-year sentence that he ended up receiving, this is actually where he ends up meeting Anthony Harris and Jesse Lee Cooks and embrace Muslimism. Muslimism. I don't know why Muslimism. I typed that. Islam. Okay, I don't know. A Muslim. I yeah, good. Yeah, good. Good call out. Wait on my a second. Okay. There. Oh, I'm about to sound real stupid because I gotta ask. I gotta oh, ask it. Okay. I thought Muslims was the people and Islam was the religion. To the best of my knowledge, that's what it is. That's why okay. I said I don't know why I spelled it that way. I think I meant to do like embraced Islam. I don't know. Maybe my my laptop's Siri is really stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Or severely uncultured. But yeah, that's where he, that's where he embraced Islam. Probably in uncultured. So, all right. And he was also, uh, when he got out, he was employed at the Black Self-Help Moving and Storage Company. That's a hell of a name. I, yeah, I don't... <laughs> Gotta have a lot of sign space for that. Uh, he attended. Death he found Angels. time for Death Angels yeah, meetings. Gotta have time for those meetings on the regular. Yeah. And he was involved in the attack of seven or eight of the people uh, that we're going to be getting to in just a second. Joe, go to man number two, uh, Larry Craig Green. All right, Mr. Green. He was 22 at the time of his arrest for the zebra killings. He was born and raised in Berkeley, California, and he came from a decent home of family. Um, he was a high school basketball star, but um, ended up dropping out of college and joined the Nation of Islam. So um, seems like a kid who shouldn't have really went down this route, but I guess... Uh, you know, roads cross, shit happens, you know. You know, Skyfather says, hey, this should happen, and it happened, and he became a uh, Nation of Islam member. Yeah, this is definitely one of them cases, uh, them cases where, like, he needed to see a real good stay-in-school PSA. <laughs> you know, like, preferably with, like a, like, a basketball star or something, and just being like, you know, Michael Jordan being like, stop it. You know, go back to school. Get some help, you know. Oh. Oh my gosh. So, um, you know, even though he was a, a part of the Death Angels, he uh, he was actually never incarcerated prior to the murders happening. Uh, but he was responsible for five of the attacks, including the hacking of uh, Quita Hague, which he captured with a Polaroid camera. Yeah, we're going to get into that one, folks. I promise you. We're just, we're just. I like you how you're sprinkling it on layer by layer, though. I'm, I'm liking trying. how you did that's, the notes. That's this is good what, shit. That's probably how I ended 
up spelling a fucking word like Muslim or something. <laughs> getting all too artsy fartsy over there. No, no, no. Getting too fucking dumb. I don't know what the hell happened there. No, no, no. This uh, is great yeah, though. So, so, all right, guy number three on this one, Jesse Lee Cooks. By the way, if you're looking at this on your screen, they are list. They are shown in our. Uh, show image uh, in the order. So if that interests you, the order we're reading them off, that's the order left to right that they're from. Oh, so yeah, okay. Joe, uh, tell us about Jesse Lee Cooks. Um, he was actually 30 at the time of his conviction. He was raised in East St. Louis, uh, the oldest uh, or older or oldest of four siblings. Um, he was committed to the Illinois State Training School for Delinquent Boys after he attempted to smother his mother with a pillow. Stop. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> took his liver in the river, oh, t- attempted to smother Jesus his mother with a pillow. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke between John and I. Well, we're gonna have to do something about that one day. That yeah. might be its own episode of just one of our fucking weirdest, a weird fucking place maybe, where most, we moved. Maybe the most danger <laughs> for me, at least, I've ever been in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I was, you know, I, I live kind of a sheltered life, you know. <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, oh only, my God, only that apartment like was so fucking awful, Jonathan. Uh, no, let's not. I know. Yeah. Let's not go down that road. We'll, we'll oh do, my God. We'll save that maybe for like a, for like a big live stream or something. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, he, after he was released though, his family moved from, uh, to Omaha. Wow. That's, uh, you know. St. Louis to Omaha, that's a fucking bit of culture shock there. But uh, he was, uh, when he got to Omaha, he was enrolled in uh, the technical junior high school. Uh, He eventually dropped out in ninth grade, which kind of sounds right on par with the fucking mother smotherer. Got married in 63, Joe. At, At 18. 18. That's what you do. Father mm-hmm. four kids and then later moved to Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. All right. So yeah, he briefly works as a parking lot attendant, but soon turned to robberies as a means to support his family. Not a good excuse. I, yeah, I don't think once you've once you've slung out four kids, I think that like you know at that point's not a good time to be like you know what now I'm gonna follow. Or motherfucker, my you got just one job. You're gonna need to. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, dog. Yeah. yeah. That's all not right. a time to be like, all right, I'm going to go out to LA and make it. And you know what? I'm taking my wife and kids with me. Like, that's <laughs> the kind of thing you decide upon with four kids and you leave the kids. Like, that's an <laughs> abandonment decision. Like going to LA, you know, unless you, unless you're getting transferred yeah. for work, no guy goes to LA with four kids. He's left four kids somewhere, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, Land of milk and honey. All right, honey, you stay home though. <laughs> I will, I will probably send money really soon i got this this i got this line on a parking lot attendant job and it's gonna fucking so yeah yeah he just turned to robbery to you know keep the keep the family above float um he after he was caught robbing banks he was relocated to several federal correctional facilities before he was paroled out um he discovered that his wife had actually uh had had born two illegitimate children while he was inside serving time this is this is turning lovely dude this I, this guy this is like one of those dudes where it's just like wow he just there was a pile of shit life yeah like just not a you know this is the one so far that makes the most sense yeah that he's in this story yes <laughs> but, but, absolutely yeah, yeah wow um so he refused to live with her and moved to omaha and then new orleans and then to chicago 
Um, he was again arrested for violating parole, spent six months at San Quentin, where he met Anthony Harris, Manuel Moore, and embraced Muslimism. I don't say it again. I did it twice, apparently, and I guarantee you that's the one. I'm I, just going to go with it. I probably did like a, I, I, I don't know. I pro- Watch me. I, get, I bet I added it to my dictionary on the laptop. And from now on, if that shit ever, that's going to pop up as something suggested. I would love to know how to edit that fucking, oh, that dump fund. I, I hope not. Yeah, it is I, absolute dumpster fire in my spell check. Oh, God. Uh, but after his release in June 1973, he was employed at the Shabazz Bakery. Uh, hmm. He regularly attended Death Angels meetings as well. Um, he is responsible for the rape of Linda Lou Anger on October 21st, 1973. Uh, he also participated in the Hague attack. Again, we're, we're getting to these. We're, as soon as we're done with these, we're getting right into them with the, done with the bios. Uh, and only personally killed one victim, Francis Rose, on October 29th. He was caught immediately thereafter. Hmm. Joe, let's wrap up the, the 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 bio section of this so that we can get into what all of our fucked up fans are here to talk about. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the last guy, J.C. Simon. Yes, absolutely. So he was born J.C. Simon on May 5th of 45 in Opelousas, Louisiana. His family then moved to uh, Beaumont, Texas. He was a fourth of eight siblings. His parents separated when he was right around the ripe age of 10 years old and worked as a bus boy and attended Lincoln High School. Um, this kid seems pretty normal so far. So was accepted yeah. at Texas College um, in Tyler, but dropped out after three years of a regular attendance. He married and fathered a daughter in 1970, relocated to Houston and worked as a food selector in a grocery supply store for a while. He embraced Muslimism. Stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man, it's gonna, we're gonna run up a counter. That's three so far of where that shit's in there. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh man, just have no. Th- this is the best thing to do. Just have no. them do a drinking game to it. No, it's or not. like a blunt handing game to it, no, and whatever you're doing. I don't know how many more times. I figured the once I was like, oh my god, there's no way I made that more. And now I'm on three. <laughs> uh, but yes, he he embraced Islam in the 1970s. Uh, left his wife because of his newfound faith, and actually returned to Beaumont. After uh, being in Beaumont, Texas for a little bit, he uh, moves back to San Francisco. Um, had some, had an older fellow member of the Nation of Islam tell him that's you know where to go. Uh, he was arrested for possession of a stolen gun shortly after his arrival. <laughs> so whoever that older member was <laughs> doesn't seem like they gave him any fucking sage advice. Uh, but uh, after you know after his arrest and all that for the possession of the stolen gun. He, too, uh, ended up working at Black Self-Help Moving and Storage Company in January This seems like a front for their thing. I don't... Like they're having the meetings and back. Or you know what I mean? It's a way to raise money for it. Or, you know, it, it, black-owned indus- or, uh, black-owned business, so that's dope. Uh, well, yeah, it, yeah, I wasn't saying anything against that. I'm just talking about, like, because of its oh, yeah. name, you're like... They're having those meetings in the back of that place after hours. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. why I say it's like a fr- it's a front to no, it. No, I would yeah. I would totally agree with you there. Um, he uh, he eventually, uh, Mr. J C. Simon uh, did remarry. Of course, attended the Death Angels meetings and committed six or seven attacks in total. There's some debate over one of the victims that was shot uh, and who actually did that. So. There you go. There's the four guys who take place, who are who are responsible for the zebra murders. That's the Death Angels of San Francisco. Now, if you're anything like me, you thought zebra murders. Was it given that because it was blacks going out and killing whites? No. 
I don't think that was a terrible <laughs> assumption at all to sit there and think that, that that's made uh, sense to me. As soon as I realized that these guys did not kill actual zebras at a zoo in San Francisco, that was my, I was just like, all right, well, it's got to be because it's a race thing. Yeah. No. There's a perfectly logical reason for why it's called that. Interesting. And we're going to get into that right now, Joe, as we kick it over to 1973 when the actual zebra murders start to take place. Yes, they begin taking place on October 19th, 1973, when um, we have Richard Haig, 30, and his wife, Quita, 28, were walking near their Telegraph Hill home in San Francisco when they were kidnapped by a group of black men and forced into a van. Quita was fondled uh, by two of the men and then nearly decapitated by a third man who cut her neck with a machete. One of the first pair attacked uh, Richard and left him for dead, um, but somehow he survived. Ten days later, on the October 29th, Frances Rose, 28, was uh, repeatedly shot by a man who blocked her car's path and demanded a ride as she was driving up to the entrance gate of the University of California Extension. Yeah, so that's the thing to remember about this, too, is that I believe, let's see, October of 73... I I think it was it's only it's somewhere between seven and nine months where all of this takes place. And again, oh, it's like spree then. Whoa, kind of. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, but so, like I was saying uh, earlier when we were uh, talking about all of the the guys and stuff like that, uh, it, a lot of them didn't have really too much violent stuff. Most of it was theft mm. and things of that nature. So you can, you can really begin to see where, you know, cause we don't have the exact years where they actually started to attend death angels things. We don't know where it went from just being nation of Islam members to getting in with that extreme sect of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, clearly you could tell that it was almost like they were out to actually get their wings, you know, yeah. like we had talked yeah, about yeah, earlier yeah. in there because it just kind of keeps going until it doesn't. And that rolls us right into uh, November 9th. Uh, where there was uh, Robert, I think I'm saying this right, Stoikman. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, 26 years old and was a clerk with the Pacific Gas and Electric Company. Now, he was assaulted by an armed man, but he, uh, Robert actually was able to like gain control of the gun and um, fire back at the assailant, which I was like, all right, badass, yeah. I hear you. Now, the 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 attacker, the person who attacked Robert Stoichman, uh, it was actually Leroy Doctor. Now, Leroy, we didn't mention him here because there is no ties to the, the zebra killings spree. Gotcha. That that R four went on that he had any involvement. He was just with a it. member of Death Angels. Yeah, but he mm. was he was trying to earn his wings yeah. around the same time. That's where I sit there and say that there's other ones and the things that were happening. So it's tough. It's tough to know how to all out of all the ones that would fit the the, the modus operandi mm. for these men. Uh, it's tough to know really what the body count is. We have what their conviction. Yeah. You know, what they yeah. were convicted for, but I mean, it could have been. Just a couple of more. It may have been dozens more that, that whether they did them all together or not. But, you know, it seemed like not every attack is done by all four of them at once, it seems. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I think it's more or less whatever the situation called all for. All these or, divergent or, paths. Or and then eventually when, they all cross up. And then there you have the zebra murders. Maybe no, that's I think goes, they started maybe. out because if you look at it, when with, with Richard and uh, Kita, uh, they were kidnapped by a group. 
Yeah. So, oh, well, yeah, a group I, of men. You know, yeah, but never again, mind. we don't know. That's the first one that they were convicted of. Huh. So how many had they done prior to that? We're, we're never yeah. going to know. Yeah, um, but yeah, so sorry. The, the attacker, Leroy Doctor, who tried to attack Robert uh, Stoichman on November 9th, uh, he was another member of the Death Angels. Uh, he was actually later arrested and convicted of assault with a deadly weapon. Mm, okay. Um, so then on November 25th, so just later that month, Joe, um, Salim Arakat, uh, he was a 53-year-old Jordanian Arab Muslim. He was actually bound up and, and shot dead in the restroom of his grocery store. Well, that's fuck. He's a if he's an Arab Muslim, isn't it? See, I don't know because I mean, don't don't you know what the Sunnis and the Shiites they're over they fight and stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, this is I'm very ignorant on the subject of religion. I, I did I not grow up, up around it, so I don't know. I grew up Christian and like you know I was a Baptist, and Baptists don't like Catholics. You know they they don't yeah. like Episcopalians. They don't like Lutherans. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other denominations of Within Christianity. A denomination that they, and, of, okay. and I'm sure the Catholics probably think the Baptists are fucking weird and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there is that. We just I always thought the Amish and the Mennonites and all those folks were really, really odd. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Sometimes the way the world gets fucking shitty, I'm like, man, maybe they stopped right when they should. <laughs> now, not the inbreeding and shit, because I know that a lot of that goes on. Yeah, that's yeah, what, you know I'm what I'm saying. saying? Eventually, yeah. the, the wells will run at the dry. Yeah, and that's I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. Or they're or they're gonna like they're gonna end up having like the mutations in the right spot. <laughs> so like instead of like a weird fucking toe, because they didn't poison of, their bodies with modernism. Right, yeah, instead of like a toe hanging off the forehead of the kid, he's gonna have two new arms, other <laughs> arms. They're gonna be like right placed under the other one. He's gonna like a fucking out there looking like Goro milking fucking cows and shit like that. And like he's gonna be like a fucking Amish Superman. Uh, but yeah, now Joe, take us into uh, December on December 11th. All right, so that brings us to Paul Dansick, 26. Uh, he was an artist and he was shot three times in the chest by a guy he was preparing to make a telephone call at a payphone. So he was literally walking up to a payphone and get shot. Uh, no, it was, uh, preparing to make a telephone call. I would imagine if I'm thinking about the way I see it, because I mean, I've. I think I've maybe used well, preparing one or two to make a telephone call at a payphone. So he he's already probably, standing he's there with the, the booth, receiver, maybe looking up the number or looking at a piece of okay. paper or something. Yeah, okay, that that's, makes that's, more sense. All right, just I just I needed to paint the picture in my mind. Yep, maybe right. shot three times in the chest. Yep. Two days later, on the evening of December thirteenth, the uh, future San Francisco Mayor Art Agnes, thirty-five, um, then a member of the California Commission on Aging, was attending a meeting in the larger black neighborhood of uh, Portorero Hill to discuss building a government-funded health clinic in the area. And um, after the meeting had actually ended, Agnos was talking to, like, two ladies at the curbside, and a guy approaches and shoots him twice in the chest. He was seriously injured, but he did survive. And during that same evening... Jesus Christ, Marietta um, D.G. Orlamo, D.G. Orlamo, 31, was walking along uh, Divisadero Street when she was shoved into a doorway by a man and shot twice in the chest. Yeah. Uh, so these are really, really fucking random. I think, I mean, it would, I would imagine, I mean, there was a couple of cases where they were talking about using a van, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the, in the very first one uh, with uh, Keita and uh, Richard Haig. Mm. Um, 
so I mean, probably just driving around, seeing what's there. I mean, who even knows if they if they shot the that that mayoral candidate on purpose? Uh, you know, like if they did it because he was the mayoral candidate, or was it just a guy on the street? A guy on the street, you, you know, think, it just man. so happened yeah. that was the case. Um, but yeah, now so when the when um when she was shot, yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of just glazed yeah, no, over yeah, that. Well, Mary yeah. Anna, did you, God damn it! Now I'm trying to have to say it. D. Giroyamo. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Now when when she was shot, the shots actually spun her around and also had one strike her in the back. And oh, that, so it hit her in the chest, and then it's because of that propulsion, it spun uh, yeah, her. Yeah. And clicked the other in the one back. basically was you know probably somewhere near the base of the neck, spine mm-hmm. or whatever. But that is mm-hmm. what killed her, Joe. And so just a week later. Okay. Yeah. On December twentieth. Jesus Christ. A 20-year-old college student was shot three times near her apartment by one of two men. She survived, um, but one bullet ended up nicking her spine. So she's what, paraplegic? or I don't know. I couldn't find what that was. That was the most descriptive thing I could find about that particular victim. Okay. Um, As you see, too, there's a lot of not-released names. I don't know if... I, I don't know how that goes about protecting identities and mm-hmm. stuff, because I wouldn't imagine all of these are are uh, underage. I mean, that girl was 20 years old. So. I think anybody can, if they're a victim, can is allowed to be like, hey, I don't want my name released. I, yeah. can, I think everybody can. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, th- that same evening, Joe, mm-hmm. when they had attacked the 20-year-old college student, so December 20th, we're still there, an 81-year-old janitor, yeah. Iliari, Ilario Betuccio, mm-hmm. Which, now that sounds Italian as shit. Yeah. Like, would you not eat at a restaurant named Batuccio's? Uh, yeah. I'd go there. Yeah, absolutely. Go there in a second. Yeah. Um, but he was shot that same evening while walking home from work in the Bayview District. Now, he died almost instantly uh, after four shots to the shoulder and chest, which brings us two days later, Joe. December 22nd. Okay, so yeah, he ends up with two more victims. Um, They died within six minutes of each other. That was Neil uh, Moynihan, 19. He was killed while he was walking near the Civic Center um, while he was, like, shopping. Uh, A man had walked in front of him and shot him in the face, neck, and heart. The killer, or maybe a different killer, um, per authors uh, Coheen and Sanders, that um, they then chased down a 50-year-old Mildred Hostler as she was heading to her bus stop and shot her four times. Yeah, so I, I, this, hmm. there was a big book that was kind of done about it. Cohen and Sanders was were the authors um, gotcha. of that. And yeah, so they're saying it could have been a different one. Because again, there's there's four guys. Yeah, you know, and if you're really trying to cause some mayhem and some problems, particularly for police, if you have these all going off, you know, oh, minutes absolutely. apart all yeah. over the city, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, here? You're, you know what you're, I'm you're saying? Cause it, mass panic. Exactly. Yeah, so that's that's what they wanted. Um, yeah, what, two so, days later. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah go, tell us. Yeah, December twenty fourth, Christmas Eve. Yeah, and unidentified John Doe victim was killed. The man's remains were uh, recovered on February tenth of nineteen seventy four. So Oof. he died then, but never found his body until then. Um, the murders caused widespread panic in San Fran, obviously, and people attempted to find safety in numbers. Whether that was like. I guess they went out and avoided going out at night as much as possible, or they were going out in big groups. Yeah, I was or, say traveling groups. Yeah, and shit. sticking Son close to their home. Yeah, point, you know, know, I don't blame them. Um, the city actually ordered an increased police presence throughout the area, and investigators from the San Francisco Police Department 
were baffled by the randomness and, you know, obviously the apparent lack of motive in the killings. And that's what kind of crossed my mind was like, you're having all these things happen in different neighborhoods, different types of, of crimes being committed, probably even different descriptions of these people because, you know, they don't all look the same, like, um, you know, height-wise and stuff. So they're right. getting all these different descriptions as well. Like, that's going to cause massive amounts of panic. You've got and women and men. So yeah. usually if it's a serial killer type thing, they're going to follow a pattern. Exactly. You know, There's certainly nothing. at least with victims, choice of victims. Yeah, this is just absolutely random as fuck. And absolutely, which to me, I think, lends further further credence, I think I'm using that correctly, but further validity to the idea that this was not so much about becoming serial killers as it was about, quote unquote, earning those wings. Yeah. yeah. Because they seem to be in a hurry to get it done. Obviously, yeah. start, you know, uh, strike while the iron's hot, yeah. you know, while things are going on. And again, if you're working in a group like this, I can see them totally coming up and being like, yo, if we're doing this at different spots constantly, just picking random, shoot them and fucking get out of the area. They're, I mean, how, and honestly, when you find out how they were found out, I don't see any other way this would not have continued for quite a while longer gotcha. had this not happened. Gotcha. Um, so, so yeah, the, uh, the, the, the city, actually ordered an increase in police presence as, as Joe had said, but and they were you know they were just baffled by the way these mm-hmm. attacks were taking place. Brutality and an apparent lack of remorse on the part of the gunmen marked the attacks. Again, you got elders, you know, you got elderly people. You know, yeah. one guy was eighty one and one lady I think was, was like fifty. You got a college student. Nineteen years old, a nineteen year old kid. Yeah, right. like you know, there there's no there's no rhyme or reason. There's no pattern yet to decipher. So yep. yeah, it comes off as like brutality, um, you know, on the on their side of it right yeah right, so absolutely right. um now the initial evidence related to the killings revealed one common pattern in a hit and run shooting the gunman would walk up to his victim shoot the victim repeatedly at close range and flee on foot another link among the shootings was the killer's preference for a 32 caliber pistol so that was based on the slugs recovered from the victims and the shell casings found at the crime scene so, they're all using the same type of gun yeah so they're at least they're gotcha. at least yeah they're at least connect making some connections so a special task force was formed to solve and stop the murders and that's actually what led um detectives uh gus Car- i'm gonna fuck carreras up. yeah carreras and john fontness um they were part of, um, or yeah, the San Francisco Police uh, Chief Donald Scott. Assigned. This is where we find out why they're called the Zebra Murders. Yeah, so this is important. Yeah, yeah. after after they got the the you know the 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 special task force put together, had the detectives in the lead. Uh, the the San Francisco Police Chief Donald Scott, he assigned the Z, the letter Z, or if you're in Canada, Z, or whatever the fuck you call it, where <laughs> you're from, police radio frequency. For their exclusive use. So that was blocked out citywide solely for this task force. Mm-hmm. Now, since the letter Z is known in common phonetic use as zebra, I know mm-hmm. like military, I think they use Zulu. Yeah. Um, the, the group became known as the Zebra Task Force and the murders became known as the Zebra Murders. Mm-hmm. So, and I would imagine too, if you think about it, because normally... A lot of the times when you get a code name or something or a nickname when as a serial killer, it's usually the media who gives it to you. Now, you have somebody like the Zodiac Killer and Son of Sam named themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, again, all the media has to go on is there's a lot of shootings happening. Yeah. And they're completely random. 
you know, some of them are happening within minutes of each other. So there's no, there's no media thinking of a group of people or thinking of a name. So pretty much when everything came to a head, they kind of got known after the fact, after the arrest and stuff, as the zebra murders. And it was all because of what was going on with the police yeah. versus what was actually going on with <laughs> the people committing the crimes, which is a little nice game of reversey going on yeah. to compare to most of the people. Um, but after uh, those attacks and then, you know, all all of you know San Francisco really lighting up and going through uh, December on into 1974 with the task force happening. I'm sure it was on the, the, there was a lot of stuff on TV and in the papers and stuff like that. So that, so our guys were not unaware of the attention that was suddenly getting. So they chilled out Joe uh, until we get to the end of January of 1974. Yes. January 29th, 1974. These fuckers kick it back off with five more shootings, four being fatal all in one day. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. They came back. And again, we're talking about. They just came back swinging. We're talking about four guys here. Now, of course, when you're dealing with something like, you know, the, the death, the death angels, these four guys were not the only ones in it. There was, you know, I mean, hell, we don't know the roster, but if you've got 15 guys on the fucking wall that have already committed the murders and earned the wings, I got to think you've at least got what? I mean, I mean, hell, a couple hundred. I would think. Maybe, I don't know. But, I mean, it certainly wasn't just these four dudes calling themselves the Death Angels. So, this is where, you know, when there's five done, did one of them pull double duty that day? Or was there another one along? You know, who knows at this point when you got these guys trying to get that. Yeah, especially with that crossing over. Yeah, you're right. Right. But, yeah, yeah, Joe, so so tell us about all five of the victims that, that, yeah. Yeah, First one, Tana Smith, 32. Um, she was actually shot just walking to the store. Yep, fabric store. Yeah, so completely random. Yeah. So this makes me feel they're in a car and just looking for people. Right, um, who's alone, how many people are around. Who is vulnerable. Yep, yep, yep exactly. Vincent Woolen, 69, he was shot while walking home. Uh, John Bambeck, 84, yep. was collecting discarded bottles and cans. So he, well, we don't, yeah, so possibly homeless. Yeah. Um, Jane Holly, 45-year-old house, uh, housewife, gunned down while going to the laundromat. Yeah. Yeah, just going and doing yeah. her laundry. Yeah, this really does seem like they just went down like some main strip and just started firing shots, man. Um, Yeah, Roseanne McMillan, 23, was shot while carrying items from her car to her brand spanking new apartment. And McMillan survived, but... um, Okay, so she's in a wheelchair. Yeah, and she, she's yeah, she, yeah for yeah, the rest she, of her life. Yeah, yeah. She was, yeah, she yeah she she survived, but yeah, she yeah. you know is in a wheelchair. So now we said five. No, there was actually six. Okay, a sixth victim was Thomas Bates, mm. and uh, he was a hitchhiker who survived being shot three times that night near Emeryville uh, near Emeryville but it was not originally associated with the zebra uh, with the zebra murders so if you remember um, when we were talking about JC Simon we said that he committed six or seven of the attacks uh-huh. if he is the one who actually shot Thomas Bates oh, so okay. Thomas Bates was the sixth one that was committed on uh, January 29th of 1974. But they just couldn't find enough evidence or? I think it, well, I think it was attributed after the fact, but uh, gotcha. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure of the exact year that was or if they were like, okay, 
Not sure, but then later, you know, they kind of did. There. But again, we're talking about four because these are the four guys linked to all of it. We don't know. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? If there was a sixth victim, maybe it wasn't one of our four guys. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a death angel out there That's doing true that too. shit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so who really knows? Um, after that spree, Joe, mm-hmm. I guess they got out of their system for a little while or figured they needed to slow the fuck down for a little bit. But on April 1st of 1974, what happens? Yeah, two Salvation Army cadets were walking towards the Mayfair Market. And that's like roughly two blocks from that Salvation Army school. And when there was a black man who was following the pair, ended up overtaking them, wheeled around, fired four shots at them, and then ended up fleeing. I'm going to ask a stupid question. Yeah. I did not know that Salvation Army was like an actual like training school and shit. Well, I mean, they, they do a lot of shit overseas. I think a lot of us do they? here. Yeah, I think a lot of us here in America, we think of them as like a different goodwill. Yeah. But no, I mean, they do all kinds of shit like American Red Cross and shit, if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, goddamn. My bad. Yeah, I so never fucking knew that. Yeah, so it's like an officer's training center. I don't, I mean, maybe they call it that because the name is Salvation Army. So that's just the way they call it internally. I don't know. Okay, now I'm going to have know, to like, look like that I up. I think at McDonald's, you're a McManager. <laughs> I don't know. If you're listening to this and I haven't looked it up yet, feel free to share that information please absolutely but yeah. but the but the two uh uh cadets okay employees yeah. whatever the fuck they want to call them uh yeah. you got 19 year old thomas rainwater he died joe but 21 year old linda story survived now two policemen were on the scene within 15 seconds uh <laughs> and, and they you know they started a manhunt at this point but never were able to end up finding uh the guy but police did suspect that it was one of the zebra killers uh, because the shell cases on the sidewalk, Joe, mm. again, were found to be from a 32 caliber gun. Yeah, so ballistics I, and forensics is not a thing yet. So, yeah. I mean, but then at the same time, you know, is it... Is it is, the same exact 32 caliber or did no, they issue no, 32 calibers to everybody? Makes, I would imagine several makes and models. Now, I think now ballistics could probably... Be able to decipher a more close. I don't know what, and I could be completely speaking out of my fucking ass here. Mm. But I would, I know, I think that now they could probably tell some of the little bit difference because they can inspect the bullet a lot more closely in a lot of different ways. Maybe, maybe maybe some of the different manufacturers and stuff. That's where I'm meaning is like you know maybe back then they associated with it just because you know the the Nation of Islam had like the standard issue 32 cal or given to all members of the Death Angels and they're just over there all coming out these crimes. Was that one of the cheapest guns to get a hold of? Yeah exactly. How much was that ammo? Exactly. Exactly. But Joe take us 13 days later on Easter Sunday (laughs) Uh, these guys decide to strike again. Oh, man. Um, so, whoops, there we go. You're not on the note, are you? No, it actually had a notification pop up and fucked me up. Are so, you on yeah. it now? Yeah, I am. Okay, go ahead then. All right, so Ward Anderson, a merchant seaman, and Terry White, he was a 15-year-old student, were both shot. There was a seaman next to a student? (laughs) Shut up. I'm fucking hilarious. (laughs) Back to your story. (laughs) Um, Were both shot and wounded as they stood at a bus stop at the corner of Fillmore and Hayes Streets. Their uh, attacker was described as a black man who uh, ended up walking up to them on the corner by foot and then fled after firing his shots. Same thing. Approach on foot, shoot, and flee. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, Now we're three days later on the evening of April 16th. uh, We have Nelson Shields 
the fourth um 23 years old is he in nelson t shields the fourth and then the note right after that son of a wealthy dupont executive yeah i know right this motherfucker was like i give a shit out yeah, like I give a fuck. All right, a company. Nelson of- T. Shields the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> um, a company friend to pick up a rug at a house on Burning Street in the Ingleside district. I'm going to work for my father at Dupont one day. <laughs> oh, Shields- I'm going to slam it and buy a used rug. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that name. He doesn't deserve I, what the fuck happened to him, but that I know, it's fucking, a terrible fucking goddamn Go ahead, name. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's getting the rug from a house on Vernon Street. In the yeah, pops up, yeah, pops up a station wagon trunk, and he's obviously shuffling shit around, making room for the rug um, when he was shot repeatedly and killed. So a witness later then testified that she saw a black man rushing up Vernon Street um, on foot at the time of the, sh- the shooting, and that the police suspected, it again, it was another zebra murder um, because they found thirty two caliber shells at the scene of the crime um and yeah so yeah yeah, so with with all of that going on and again i mean just a few days just connecting the dots every few days right after the whole january 29th thing went down with all those shootings five or uh, at least we're saying at least five maybe six that were contributed to our guys uh, it, obviously, the the city, you know, renewed their precautions. I guess the month off after Christmas yeah. and all that stuff, they're kind of like, okay, this is all right. Things are going back to normal. Nope, they're right back to the way they were. Um, the 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 city actually was noticeably uh, starting to suffer losses in revenue because of tourists not wanting to come. I don't fucking blame them. That's smart no, as shit. No, there's no way I'm getting yeah, my wife out there. They still haven't figured out that uh, equation for tourism because you can't visit again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now, now instead of people getting shot, there's people shooting up. Yeah. And there's people shooting shit yeah. on the sidewalks. If yeah. you're listening to this from San Francisco, I don't Gross. believe I don't believe in them. But God help you, and we love you. And you know, all the good ones are having to live in their car because it's too goddamn expensive to live there. It is insanely expensive. Stupid to live fucking there. yeah. It's just like let them have it. You I don't see why we don't house. just why not just barricade it, do it Mad Max almost essentially style. Let them have it and just be like we're done. I washed my hands of the heat. <laughs> only, only if they put cameras in there. I, I want to see that's going to be a great reality show. But yeah, I mean, you saw Full House. He had to bring in like two other dudes. Then even that one enough. Jesse had to get fucking married and get her ass to move in to help pay for the fucking shit. I bet they were just on like up to his eyelids in fucking debt. Just fucking you know floating. It. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he got set up uh, right when his wife passed because he got all that life insurance money. Maybe that's why he got was able to get such a big house. Maybe so. R.I.P. Bob Saget. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, they were losing money from the tourists uh, not coming in. The streets were were like it was like a ghost town at night, even in North Beach, uh, which is a, a real you know hopping neighborhood. It's known to have you know pretty much nonstop nightlife. No matter weekday or weekend, John and Joe cannot go there. We would never survive. (laughs) No, no, no. That's why we would be dead within under a decade. If it's in San Francisco, that place might be fucking rough now. (laughs) Anyway, Joe, uh, Inspector Gus Carreras dictated really generic suspect descriptions (laughs) with the best known characteristics of these killers. Uh, to a sketch artist, um, Hobby Nelson, who drew two composite sketches based on the descriptions. Now, oh you need to look God. them up. 
Because, I mean, I don't know who the fuck. You can find them. I saw them. You oh, saw I saw them. them. I saw them. Dude, I've made better I didn't take, sketches I didn't take this. the time to try to even compare to see if you even no, looked like any of them. No, no. One of them clearly looked like Easy e from N.W.A. <laughs> I, he was barely alive at this fucking point. Or, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but with that, Joe, came a really... I, 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 we don't go into it here. Joe and I are not a big fan of government intervention. Uh, mm. So tell them what the San Francisco fucking mayor decides to do now that they have these two great, totally not racially stereotypical <laughs> fucking oh police gosh. sketches. Don't Google them because you definitely won't find a problem with these. What does the San Francisco mayor go and do? He starts profiling. This motherfucker announces Massive that. Massive profiling. Yeah, he announces that SFPD officers would actually begin stopping and questioning large numbers of black citizens, quote unquote, <sighs> who resembled the description of the killer, a black man with a short afro and a narrow chin. That is literally like, that is uh, like every saying black that. Man in San Francisco. We're talking about early 70s. There's not even a short yeah. afro? Yeah. He's not, there's not even a goddamn height. How broad is he across the fucking shoulders? How did you notice his feet? No. Like, how big were they? Goddamn. Like, there's no deciphering factor. Not at all. This and is so, like cookie cutter. Like, right, right. So now, but so now racist. once the, once the person was stopped and checked and cleared, they would receive a specially printed zebra check card oh my God. from the officers that they could show in the event they were stopped again. Yeah, who would have thought, right? The 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 progressive bastion. That so is instead San of having did, the number printed on your arm, right? they're going to give you a card. Print. So in the yellow patch on yeah. your fucking shirt. Yeah, they did that. More Jesus. than five hundred black men were stopped by police during the first weekend the program was in operation. Oh my god! You now, know those Joe, police officers were fucking pissed doing that shit. No, no, what derp! And as you could imagine, this provoked vocal and widespread criticism from the black community. Damn right. Uh, however, uh, Doctor Washington Garner—that's a fucking power ass name right yeah. there. Uh, he was the first black member of, or sorry, the first black member of the police commission. Uh, he, he, he literally called for everyone to be understanding of the exceptional circumstances, but for fuck's sake, I, mean, I get it though, too, man. Like it, it's, it's hard for me to say one way or another. Like there's people in my community that are fucking dropping, like dropping like flies. And when I say community, my city in this point, you know, I'm a San Francisco in mind on this, but I'm seeing people drop left and fucking right. Shit's random as hell. And then they're kind of knocking on my community. Now speaking like a black person, like knocking on my community. I get where you would be offended, but they're also trying to find a fucking killer. I don't give a fuck, man. Don't just be going out and then handing out fucking cards for me to show. Oh, no. All of it's suspect. And that's where I say also, too. I'm thinking with my brain versus being somebody who was like raised in the 1970s. There is a lot of differences in how we're going to process that thought. But anybody who fought against that, I get it. Anybody who was just like, fuck it, I did it. I get that, too, is all I'm saying. Yeah, well, the Officers for Justice group, uh, which was actually led by Nation of Is- uh, Islam associate Jesse Byrd, yeah. uh, described the policy as racist and unproductive. That's personally the way I would see it. And you guys know I'm, you know, I'm not all about it. It is wasting man hours on the like wrong that. type of search. It really actually, is. go do some fucking police work. Yes, Just quit yes. shaking people down. That's what thugs do. Uh, acting on a lawsuit filed by the NAACP and the ACLU, U.S. District Judge Alfonso J. Zirpolo, Zirpoli 
uh, ruled the widespread profiling of blacks was unconstitutional, huh. and they suspended it immediately. Okay. Yeah. That, nice. Yeah, again, yeah, absolutely nothing right about it. That sucks it went on for that friggin' long. Um, but... That brings us I, right into the rest, dude. It will, but I, I spoiler alert, all the stops had nothing <laughs> to do with why these guys were eventually arrested, found out. Nothing that the San, except for one thing, offering money, is the only thing the San Francisco Police Department actually did that had some results oh in God. actually getting an arrest for the zebra murders. So in April of 1974, they uh, they got a break in the zebra murders case when uh, Anthony Harris, who was also an employee at the Black Self Help Moving and Storage uh, Facility, he's also a Death Angels member. He called police a week after the sketches had been posted. So <laughs> I guess the sketches did it, or. He thought they looked so convincing that he had to fucking get some shit off his chest. I maybe don't know. maybe he just didn't want to go down for the shit, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna." Yeah. <laughs> like he was just like, as soon as as soon as I was like, "Well, they know we're black. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm out." Uh, but he uh, he called the police after the sketches were posted and agreed to meet with the zebra case detectives in Oakland. Now the city was offering thirty thousand dollars. $30,000 might do that to a man. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Uh, especially like, in the 70s. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's about to be like, that's back in them days monies. Yeah. Um, now, Harris claimed to be one of the people in the police sketch, Joe. Uh, he provided. That's bold. He's, he pro- <laughs> yeah. He provided, he's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> uh, uh, he provided specific details regarding several of the attacks, uh, which the police had never released to the public. So they knew the guy was legit. Uh, now, Harris denied that he had committed any of the killings, but he did admit that he had been present at many of them. So, you know, again, I, but I, I'm going to have to run some questions on that once we got, what, five shootings, take six shootings taking place in one day? but. That's by the by at this point. Now, he, uh, Harris also told the police about the, the Death Angels group okay. and told them of a homicide that didn't make it to papers. Interesting. Yeah. Now, Joe, go oh, this into is it. The, okay. So this is the one where I thought it was a homeless person. So the group had actually abducted a homeless white man, the John Doe, um, uh, from Ghirardelli Square. They took this man to the Black Self-Help Moving uh, Facility. Um, where that's where they end up gagging him and tying him up. And according to Harris, while this guy was conscious, others of the group took turns hacking away at his limbs. Yeah, it's fucked up. Harris told the detectives that they had dumped the body into the bay, and he told a story in such detail that the police were convinced of of its authenticity. And I mean, I, I guess... That kind of does make sense trying to initiate people because, I mean, essentially they yeah. try to get you to do a group th- a crime to get you into group thought process. Because, right. yeah, like, like we're of- all in, I'm in for you, you're in for me, we all have each other's backs kind of thing. So, what better way to make somebody kind of get back on the same page? You make them all commit the same fucking crime because they can't really tell on themselves or tell on somebody else without telling on themselves as well. So, self, you know, self preservation forced a, almost like cultish 
movement doing that. Just saying. Well, if I'm not mistaken, throw that out there. several of the call, of the cartels do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, I mean, blood in essentially. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. I mean, even down to like you know street gangs in Brazil. You know, mm-hmm. militias, warlords, man, cartel and videos. Stuff like man, that. I yeah. hate coming across that oh, shit. Man. I don't even look it up. Like, you know, I me mean? because I, I can use. Easy. I'll they try might to be, push they might myself. Be listening, so just be easy. Oh, I don't want to show up in one of the motherfuckers. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like. No, no, no. That's what I mean is like it, it. They make me so uneasy. Like I don't, I don't look them up. Like you know how we all did back in the day when there was like Rotten.com. We'd oh, see what yeah. would push us. I will never, ever, 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 ever go looking for a cartel video because I already know I don't want to see it. No, I've, I don't want to see it. It's just too brutal, man. No, because you know I. And there's I, like I, desperation I, and money and all this shit, and then people falling victim of shit and like oh, it just. It's desperation of humanity. I don't like it. it but you know, you know, I look at a lot of fucked up shit on Reddit. Yeah, I follow some of those, and I mean, I've seen a lot of um, your uh, your big internet gore videos that you. It's it's not easy to find them, but it is if you know where to look. Kind of shit. You know, yeah. it used to. You know, this is stuff that was way beyond the pale. Of even rotten and shit like that, mainly because the internet back then could not fucking handle videos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like even the pictures were kind of pixelated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and I would say that if I if I had if I had to pick a top five, some of the worst real videos I've you know that that I've seen of it. I mean, there's there's at least immediately two cartel videos right now, and I know them by name. I'm not going to get into that shit though. That anybody who's into it would probably immediately they would know one of them for sure, and that's a lot of people's like number one cartel are fucking brutal. Yeah. Off of the cartel though, yes, back yes, to the zebra bad, murders y'all. and the death angels. Um, but now, Joe, after you told all this and the the police they, were they, convinced they, of, his off, of his authenticity, yeah, yeah, because they affirmed the their recovery of a body on the one we talked about on December twenty fourth to seventy three. It was bound and badly butchered. Uh, it was a male torso, and his limbs were, uh, he was missing hands, feet, uh, and the head actually washed up in the city's Ocean Beach District, which probably sounds like an affluent area, possibly, uh, at the foot of Pacheco Street. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so he's given, you know, he's given them all kinds of details. So, like, they know clearly, like, dudes, dudes there. But again, yeah. you gotta have this, and I'm sure this was running through their mind. Are we sure this motherfucker didn't do anything? How yeah. the fuck do we know? Who's gonna let you sit there and witness them doing that to a man, hacking up limbs and shit like that? You're a part of their group, cult, club, thing, whatever you want to call it. They're just gonna let you hang out and watch and not participate. Yeah, and no, have all that yeah, shit on them and stuff there. like yeah, that. I but yeah, uh, Harris he did provide the police with names, dates, addresses, and details, and like and enough of this information for the prosecution. Uh, for them to be able to actually issue the the arrest warrants uh, and everything like that, um, Harris subsequently actually he 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 bargained for immunity yeah. uh, from prosecution for his help in uh, you know breaking the case and all that stuff. Actually, ended up getting a new identity for himself, his girlfriend, and their kid. Well, her child. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. But whatever. But I mean, yeah, he, didn't, like he didn't watch a, all this shit go down and not really care about calling in until he thought his neck was on the line. But I mean, I guess that's kind of stand up of, of him be like, okay, I got nah, other people that. to worry this about. Guy, this guy I deserves nothing because I, I am not convinced at all that they just let him hang out while they did this shit. Why? I mean, you. I mean, honestly, if you think about it, oh, okay, we have a guy here who knows everything we have fucking done. 
And maybe he was more on the Nation of Islam's like operation side of shit. No, and got he was to a death angel. Well, no, I got it. He was a death angel. What I mean is like maybe he he was a death angel like by proxy because he like worked worked you know for that office or that sect. You know well, what then I mean? Why would they bring him along if he's that unimportant? And he's not that in with the death angels. This makes it, that makes even less sense why you would let him see it. I'm convinced the motherfucker. No, 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 no. You're not understanding. Like where everything kind of got organized. You're talking about there's a board somewhere, probably in the back of this uh, this moving place. Okay, maybe he was like an employee of the moving place, essentially, but a death angel by proxy as well. Yeah, but th- if someone had that much of a loose affiliation, in my opinion, you wouldn't take him for this stiff. Mm. I wouldn't take like my friggin' soul blood brother that like I knew would never turn my back on me. I'm not take I'm not taking him to let him witness me kill somebody. Okay. And him not pretty fuck no, bud. We go down, we go down together. But he wasn't saying he was there. He was he had just had the details. No, he had said on one of them, oh where which one was it? But he admitted oh yeah. Denied that he had committed any killings, but admitted that he had been present at many of them. I mean, he was given a first-person account of them hacking up that homeless guy, so he was there. Yeah. And he didn't deny being there. But but either way, you know, it, it, we can all sit here and talk about police tactics and shit like that. It, it is what it is, and it eventually worked out for the best because, Joe, what happens on May 1st of 1974? On May 1st, 1974, uh, simultaneous police raids during the pre-dawn hours were made. And this actually resulted in the arrest of Larry Craig Green and uh, J.C. Simon um, in an apartment building at 844 Grove Street. It's a party. It's a party. (laughs) party. Everybody knows about that fucking Waka Flocka. (laughs) Grove Street. Um, There were more folks that were actually arrested um, at the moving and storage facility, uh, but none were uh, none really offered like resistance when they were arrested. And there were seven men arrested that day. And then four were released for lack of evidence. So they they tried ruling them out as quickly as possible. Probably just grabbed all all the guys that were there. Absolutely. Just clean house and not let anybody go run somewhere else if not everybody was apprehended. Absolutely. Mayor Aliado announced the news of the raids and said that the killings were perpetrated by a group who called themselves the, quote, Death Angels and targeted whites and dissident blacks. Yeah, he said that their uh, that their members had to show proof of attacks and murders to advance in the like I said the cult, the group, or whatever. Which again, we know that earning the wings, mm-hmm. um, and that may, th- this group, the Death Angels, mm. uh, may have killed as many as seventy three people since nineteen seventy. Holy shit! Right now, so you're talking about like four years. Yeah, well, yeah, because, well, I mean, this is midway through 74. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, so three and a half, three, three and a half years. That's crazy. Um, So, again, though, do we know how many of those additionally that our guys were doing? Also, they're not talking about may it have killed. They're also not taking into account any possible crimes that also follow this M.O., though the people didn't die. Well, yeah, fair play, because there were several people, you know, in in our four guys's uh killings that they they survived you know because yeah. it was quick fire shots and run yeah um so yeah so the, yeah that's that is a good thing to bring up how many wounded or attacked you know yeah uh, exactly criminology professor uh anthony walsh uh he actually wrote in a 2005 uh article uh that the the 
death angels may have killed more people in the early to mid-1970s than all the other serial killers that were operating during wow. that time period. That's crazy. Right. Um, now, uh, black Muslim, Nation of Islam, or sorry, no, no, he, he was not Nation of Islam, just he was a, a black Muslim leader. His name was John Muhammad. He was the minister at Mosque Number 26 in San Francisco. Uh, he, he denied the, uh, that, that there was uh, any black Muslim conspiracy to kill whites. Uh, now, the Nation of Islam uh, paid for mm. attorneys for, for Green and Moore and Simon, but Cooks had, plead, had pled guilty before the trial. Uh, and because of that, the, the nation did not provide him with, uh, with any you know, legal defense. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. They just left his house out there to drive. It's like, oh, fuck you. Well, uh, supposedly, He's a lost cause. Su- supposedly, I believe it's something that, like, it's that the Nation of Islam does not, I think, allow you to permit, or d- d- they don't permit that. The fact that he pled guilty, I guess, before even getting counsel, knowing probably that he was going to get counsel as a Nation of Islam member, may have broke some rules there, too. So, mm. I don't know how serious the rule is that it. You think it, it was broke. maybe like an ego pride kind of tactic too, where they're like, "Oh, we don't, we don't think of this as a guilt, uh, as something we'd be guilty of. This is our right, so you shouldn't have to plead guilty to it, kind of thing too." I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. It I, was definitely not going to be a good look, even for the Nation of Islam, because like uh, I said, I mean, how many times have we mentioned their names while while this is going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so how many how many news stories in the day on TV and in the papers were mentioning their name? Right next to the Death Angels, which everyone's looking at as a cult. And I mean, if you look at the fucking actions they're taking, it's it's really hard to say yeah, otherwise. Yeah, I give you that too, absolutely. And obviously, that leads us right into trials, and convictions, and the trial starts on March third, nineteen seventy five. Um, there was efforts by the defense to actually discredit Harris, um, but those were obviously all unsuccessful. Yeah, um, no, just just the info he had on that body for the John Doe they recovered. Yeah. Like, him knowing all of that and that shit was not out to the public. Dude, I, yeah, that lets you know the defense was all, already, hey, this is all we can do. Yeah. All we can do is attack Oh, him. yeah, no, and you, you say it right next. Again, is like he revealed many many grisly details over the 12 days of his testimony. Like, Jesus, no, motherfucker, how you going to... Yeah, I say, 12 there's... days worth of testimony. I know what, 24 hours, but I mean, even if that was just a couple hours a day, that's a lot of fucking testimony Yeah, that's him talking for like three to four hours a day. Mm. Yeah, but no, um, no, I don't blame him. Um, they got all that information. We're like, fuck you, man. Like, you got all of this, all of this meat and potatoes here. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah like he's not lying. You're a defense attorney. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so the Zebra team presented evidence of that uh, 32 caliber uh, Beretta semi-automatic pistol we've been, you know, talking about the entire episode. Um, it was actually recovered from the backyard of a home near the scene of the very last murder. And they demoed the chain of ownership of that particular gun to one of the workers at the Black Self-Help Moving Company um, and showed that the gun had actually been used in many of the murders by that chain of, you know, like kind of daisy chaining that gun. Jesus, so it's just yeah. getting passed around yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, so my thought process, again, I said I thought it was just that they were giving thirty two calibers to everybody. No, they just had one thirty two caliber to share. <laughs> well, no, well, they only found one, to be fair. Yeah, I know, I one, know. Yeah, if they were passing it around, well, I mean, then again, maybe they were like, okay, maybe it's actually smarter. Like, maybe they were passing around different 
makes of the 32s to keep it scrambled. I I don't knows? know. I just know that when you purchase in bulk, you save money so bad. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that, think you could get bulk guns and San No, no, no. I was thinking, I, I was actually now. thinking about the ammo. I was just like, but I was like, at least they kept it to one caliber. So I had to buy one type of bullet. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can't fuck up that order. Uh, but yeah, based on the testimony of 108 witnesses. Wow. Uh, and that was, you know, obviously including that, that Harris guy who was in Death Angels with them. Uh, 8,000 pages totaling 3.5 million words worth of transcripts. God damn. And uh, ending in what was, at the time, the longest criminal trial in California history. Uh, Larry Green, J.C. Simon, Manuel Moore, and Jesse Lee Cooks. Um, he, he, uh, Jesse Lee Cooks was the one who did the plea deal. Uh, they were convicted in 76. So, yeah, this thing ran for, you know, almost two years. Uh, they were convicted in 76 of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Now, Joe, the jury only deliberated for 18 hours. I think that's still too long. I would think so, too. But, I mean, again, if you were reviewing all of that evidence, yeah, that's 18 hours ain't bad. I mean, you're talking about a lot like, of Why fucking... the fuck weren't y'all taking cliff notes, though, while sitting up in that jury stand? I, I don't think you're allowed to write anything in there. I don't know. I've never had to do yeah. it. Uh, but, uh, of course, each one of them were sentenced to life in prison. Now, before we wrap up, we're going to play a little game of where are they now, Joe. So yeah. give us the lowdown. It's, it's modern day. Yeah. What, All right. what, what's going on with, with our fucking quartet uh, fucking death angels here? All right. Let's start with J.C. Simon. Um, on March 12th of 2015, uh, 69, he was found unresponsive in his cell at San Quentin State Prison, um, where he had been since 76 and been serving his life sentence. Um, he was declared dead of unknown causes pending an autopsy. Yeah, I could not find the results Unresponsive of those. in his cell. They don't say anything about, um, uh, what is this, homicide or suicide. So more than likely natural causes. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, just to end that disbelief. Uh, um, Manuel uh, Leonard Moore at 75. He died in 2017 at the California Healthcare Facility. I guess that was um, a part of uh, well, sometimes San Quentin when they State get, Prison. Yeah, sometimes when they get at a certain age or something, they mm-hmm. kind of almost have like an old folks prison Yeah, area. that's what I'm so thinking. Yeah, I was, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, Jesse Lee Cooks uh, died in prison on June 30, 2021. Yeah, very, very at, recently. At the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility. And that was the guy who took the plea deal, so I... I I don't know if he was hoping to get a deal and it didn't go through, but like, what the fuck kind of plea deal did you get? Because none of them got death sentences. I don't even know if those were still a thing in California. Yeah, just life imprisonment, man. So what the fuck kind of plea deal did he make? I don't know, man. I mean, I can't ask him now. He's fucking dead, but Jesus, like, yeah. I'm just like, you died in prison, too, and you actually stayed in it the longest. Yeah, and well, now... apart from Larry Craig, Craig Green. Green. yep, and he is in the California State Prison um, in Solano, California. He's the sole survivor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's terrible. But so, yes. it's a, such horrible taste. <laughs> <laughs> just like John. Yeah, but... Dreadheads, that is the episode about the zebra murders. Wrapping the death up. Angels of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yes, wrapping up. And I'm so glad we actually did it. We committed to it. We didn't miss a single episode. No. There were four episodes good. for Black yeah. History Month. And uh, we want to thank all of y'all for, for listening to them, spreading that dread, and doing everything you guys do. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, 
We uh, Make sure you're checking us out on IG and Facebook. And the best place to find everything about us is... SpreadTheDreadPodcast.com Yep, you're going to find our social media there. Links to all the places you can listen to us. You're going to find our donation page, our store, all that good stuff. So make sure you're checking us out on IG. Uh, that's where we're most active. But you can do it on Facebook as well. Again, I got some- don't forget about the Five Star Super Spreader and the, all the reviews. Either doing it on Spotify or on Apple. Just let us know via either social media messenger or via Gmail um, by sending us the information in a screenshot. And yep. then... Yep, you know, yeah, even on Apple now, we changed it where you don't even have to actually leave a a written review. Yeah. Because on Spotify, you can't. So I wasn't going to make yeah. our Apple guys and girls, you know, Do go through different. more. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, just screenshot the five star review. As Joe said, hit us up on social media or spread the dread podcast at gmail.com. And you can send us that screenshot and your mailing address, and we will send you out a couple of free five star super spreader spread the dread podcast stickers. Yep, yep. That's it for this week. Yes, and I'm actually happy we got around to extra recording. I'm actually looking forward to sleep tonight. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's so good. She had uh, my fucking notes bored her this much. Oh, no. See, that's, but that's true fucked up people. We just read some really god-awful shop and you're like, uh, stuff, and you're like, oh, I'm sleepy. This well, my, my uterus hurts, going. and I'm sleepy, oh, god damn yes, it. everyone. She's still very, very much pregnant, uh. so uh, and it's, she's only getting more and more pregnant. So, But we will uh, we'll stop the pregnancy talk right now. If anybody wants to do any of that, you can feel free to hit up Joe on IG, Facebook, or spread the dread podcast at gmail.com. As always, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank y'all so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to check out all of our past episodes. And no matter if you do it morning, noon, or night, remember to do it just like our man Jack Torrance tells you to. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck?